Well, good morning, Life Point. It is a joy to be together with you this morning. God has been very good to us, and I am so grateful for another opportunity to share from His Word with you this morning. Today, we are in the book of Matthew, chapter 4. So if you have your Bible with you, please open those and find Matthew 4. We're going to be in verses 18 through 22. As we continue through our series about Jesus, the Messiah who has come. Let's read our text today. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And and going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. May God bless the reading of his word this morning. So the tone and the the amount of space given to this scene are are strikingly casual. There's nothing really that exciting going on here. There's no fireworks or bright lights. The heavens don't split open. The loud angelic chorus, chorus does not come in and sing. Jesus was just walking by the sea, and people were just working their regular shifts. But for four men... This day got a little bit strange, and we're really given no context or or information about any kind of relationship that these guys had with Jesus. Um, We don't know how familiar they were with him. All we know is he walked by them and called out to them. Now, you could say, well, that's not that strange at all. In fact, there are probably a lot stranger ways to introduce yourselves Um, walking up to someone and talking to them isn't really, it's actually pretty normal. Um, But let's keep looking at our text. And let me ask you, how normal is it for a relative stranger to walk up to you, invite you to commit your life to them, and then ask you to do something that you've never done before, you've never heard of, you don't know how you're going to do it? Does that seem normal? This casual scene got pretty bizarre real quick. It is a weird introduction. And and my prayer this morning is that as we look at this strange introduction between Jesus and these two sets of brothers, these four men, we would understand that Jesus is the Messiah, and he invites us to dedicate our life to follow him and labor for others in his kingdom. This section of scripture is what I've come to call Jesus's grand missional overture. And what do I mean by that? Well, an example, one of my favorite uh, movies growing up was a movie called West Side Story. Um, It's kind of a retelling of of William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet um, between two 
lovesick teenagers. Um, but it opens with this bright red screen and this loud blaring music, and that's the, the overture for the movie. It's a musical, and in this single piece of music, it's a distinct and separate piece from the film, but it lays all the groundwork and, and themes for the rest of the music in the film. And so we get a little picture of the story uh, before we get to see the movie. And, and that's what we see here in this encounter. Jesus is laying the foundation and some of the themes for missional work in his kingdom as he calls to these brothers to follow them, to follow him, and to make disciples. So as we consider following Jesus the Messiah and, and laboring for others in the kingdom of God, we're going to walk through this scripture and take a look at three elements to this missional overture. The first element that we see in this missional overture is the message. Look at our text. Jesus, walking along the sea, walks up to two brothers and he says, follow me. Follow Jesus. That is the message, friends. Let me ask, have you ever had to articulate the gospel? We talk about this a lot in like evangelism training or when we talk about being on mission. Have you ever been in a situation where you had to share with someone or give a reason for the joy and the hope that you have in Christ? What did you say? What would you say? What is the gospel of Jesus? Let's look at God's word for the answer. It's a simple message. This is the message of life, the message of hope, and it's so simple that anyone can hear and understand. Jesus says, follow me. In two words, the omniscient, omnipresent, that means he's everywhere, he knows everything. The holy God that spoke all of creation into existence gives us everything we need for life with him. Follow Jesus. This is an encouragement to us because we know God is not silent God is a God who speaks, and here he gives us his word through his son, Jesus. Follow me. God's word gives us life. His word brings clarity to the chaos of our lives, and his word sustains all of creation. And every message that doesn't echo follow Jesus is an opportunity for us to be distracted and to be deceived. And we get a lot of messages, don't we? We put out a lot of messages every day in, in all kinds of directions. And some are more important than others. Some are less important. Um, some is, is just background noise. But here Jesus shares the gospel message, the good news of the kingdom for all to hear, for all to understand, and for all to obey. Follow me is what Jesus says. And what makes these words so powerful and so necessary for us today is the voice that is speaking them. He is Jesus, the Messiah. He is the fulfillment of God's promises. And friends, this is the good news. Follow Jesus. When you're anxious and uncertain about today or tomorrow, 
follow Jesus. You are valuable to him, Matthew 6 tells us, and he provides for you when you are overly concerned about how people feel about you or you fear rejection, follow Jesus. John 15 tells us that he has a deep abiding love for you and you are secure in him. When you struggle with loneliness, follow Jesus. He is the one who is closer than a brother. He will never leave you nor forsake you and he cares for you. When you feel shame because of sin, Follow Jesus. He paid the price for your sin, and there is freedom in Jesus from your sin, and there is no longer any condemnation for your sin in Jesus. When you're racked by pain and longing for relief, or your physical ailments just persist and drain your energy and, 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 and life, follow Jesus. Your pain does not have the final say. And though you may suffer for a little while, Jesus promises a day when your relief will be complete and eternal. When the promise of fame and fortune (laughs) have consumed your time, have consumed your energy, have consumed your resources, have consumed your worship. Friends, follow Jesus. Jesus, he is your treasure who is worth everything. The treasures of this world, Matthew 6 tells us, are, can be stolen, can be destroyed, are given over to rust. When you are afraid, follow Jesus. He has come to you. He is near. He sends his Holy Spirit to comfort and help you. When you are broken and mourning the loss of a loved one, follow Jesus. He is near to the brokenhearted and he mourns with you over sin and over death. When you don't have the answers that you're looking for, follow Jesus. He is the answer. You can know him. You can ask of him anything. And he promises that the work that he begins in you, he is faithful to complete. When you're unsure of your worth, follow Jesus. He created you with great care. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He counts the hairs of your head. He loves you and you are worthy when, you, <clears throat> when what you have been living for doesn't fulfill you, follow Jesus. He is your contentment. He is your daily provision. He restores you and satisfies you completely. When friends and loved ones let you down, follow Jesus. He knows what it means to be despised, to be rejected by men, to be alone. And yet, in those places, he offers joy. 
When you are angry and bitter because of the circumstances of your life, follow Jesus. He is with you in circumstances, good and bad, and he is working for your good. Romans 8, 28 tells us, when depression overwhelms every thought and action of your day, follow Jesus. He is your stronghold. He is your refuge. He hears your prayers for help. When you feel like blaming God, follow Jesus. He stands ready to receive you, to love you, to forgive you, and refresh your soul. When you don't believe that there is a God, follow Jesus. He is the beginning of creation, and he is the end of the matter. Nothing exists apart from Jesus, and nothing can exist without him. All creation declares his glory. When you don't know what else to do, follow Jesus, turn your eyes to the Messiah. Jesus tells us in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. God has given us his word. He has given us the message. Jesus is the message. Jesus is the good news. Jesus is the word of God made flesh. Colossians tells us that he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Follow Jesus, friends. Hear God's word. Hear the message today and heed God's invitation to follow Jesus. The second element of Jesus' missional overture that we see in our text today is the mission. So he's given us a message and now he gives us a mission. Look at our text. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So Jesus comes with a message that alters and gives them life. Follow me. And then he gives them a mission that will direct their lives. I will make you Fishers of men. That's an interesting thing to say to somebody, even to a fisherman. But Jesus meets them where they are at in life. They were fishing and fixing their equipment. And, and the suggestion in Jesus' promise to make them fishers of men is that there is a greater purpose for their life than what they had known. He brings the kingdom of heaven to them. Fishing, yes, they will fish, but not just for fish. One commentator says, it's no longer a question of taking fish from a lake, but drawing men up out of the abyss of sin and death and catching them with the great net of God. And notice, he's calling them to turn their attentions away from fishing to meet their needs or to make their living, their livelihood, and fishing 
for other people, laboring for others. When we live on mission for God, following Jesus, we trust him to work in our lives and through our lives. Who is it that's going to make them fishers of men? No doubt they are going to keep fishing. But it is Jesus who empowers the work and the result. This is good news, friends, because I understand that making disciples, that fishing for men, is a hard task. It's a refining task. It's a tiresome task. It requires work. It requires time. It requires resources. It requires a commitment of your life to the mission. And oftentimes we get frustrated because our nets come up empty. Or we'd just rather move on to something else that we would rather do. And there's a danger here. As we look to the mission of God and his kingdom, there's a danger that as we engage, one of two things usually happens. Either one, we burn out from attempting to fish for men in our own strength, believing that it is our work and effort that both saves us and saves others. That's one of the dangers. Another is that we don't engage at all. We just kind of check out because we understand the weight of what Jesus is calling us to. And it's just too difficult. It takes too much time. The truth is, you can't save anybody through your work and through your efforts, through your own strength. And you will not save anybody through disengaging from the mission. The added burden, the added weight we feel of missional activity when we're fishing for men, comes from our sinfulness. And it comes from the sinfulness of others. Our weariness is not due to any added burden that Jesus puts onto us. In fact, in both the message and the mission, he is asking you to trust him with all things. He makes it very simple for us. The message, follow me. The mission, I will make you fishers of men. Will you be faithful in this? Jesus knows what the work requires and he's already taken care of it. When our work is hard, when fishing for men has exhausted us physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and we have no strength left to give or to endure, remember the message, friends. Follow Jesus. And hear, hear this word from Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Follow Jesus. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. 
There's a temptation here to not believe this or assume that this was just a call for the disciples, for these four brothers, or or for those who may have a special calling to ministry. But this call was not meant to be a one-time offer. Jesus was speaking to a specific people in this passage, but proclaiming the message to follow Jesus does not and did not end with the apostles or anyone that has special calling from ministers. Hear the words of 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. And get this, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into a marvelous light. The invitation from Jesus today sets the stage for a commission to all of his followers. If you claim faith in Christ and are following Jesus, then you are called to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that Jesus has commanded. And he promises that he is with us always to the end of the age. So our mission, friends, fishers of men, fish for men who become fishers of men. That's what we mean at LifePoint when we say leading people to be real Christ followers in life together. We have the good news as our message to follow Jesus. And by grace, through the power of his Holy Spirit and through faith in him, We follow Jesus and point others to him. The third and final element of Jesus' missional overture is this, movement. Look at the response of all four of these brothers. Immediately, they left what they were doing and who they were with and followed Jesus. The time is now, not tomorrow, Not when you've figured things out. Not when you've cleaned up your lives. But now, immediately, move. Let me conclude by asking a few questions. First, for those of you who have heard the message of Jesus to follow him, who believe he is the Messiah who has come and who are trusting him with your lives, Let me ask you, who are you sharing the good news of Jesus with? Who has God put in your heart and in your mind to pray for, to invest in, to engage with the gospel of Jesus? Friends, the message, the gospel becomes clearer and clearer and sweeter and sweeter and more amazing every time we share it. So what keeps you from fishing for men today? For those of you who have never responded to the call to follow Jesus or or may have never even heard of the Messiah, Let me ask you, why not follow Jesus today, immediately? 
Today is the day to trust Jesus, the Messiah, with your whole life. Romans tells us that all of us have sinned against a holy and perfect God. And because of our sin, we owe God our life. Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages, the payment for our sin is death. But friends, we have good news when we follow Jesus. He has paid that debt. And he offers you life today. Follow Jesus. Salvation from your sin is a free gift of God for those who would trust and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead victorious over our sin and trust him fully. Repent of your sin and trust Jesus with all of your life. Why not today? Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, you are the Messiah. You are God's will for our life, Lord God. You are the good news. We thank you, Jesus, for your word. We thank you for your presence, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to gather together, to exalt your name, to sing your praises, Lord God. And I pray that you would complete the work that you are beginning today, Lord God. We pray for salvation. We pray for mission, Lord God. I just pray that your presence and your spirit would be sweet in our lives and find good soil to take root in our hearts and grow, Father God. We thank you for how you have loved us, how you have invited us in, Lord God, to your mission, to your kingdom. We thank you for that. And we thank you for making a way for us to know you in eternal life, Lord. It's in Jesus' name I pray.